The Mix Room with Genelec. Today we're welcoming recording engineer and mixer Danny Bennett Sprague onto the podcast who's fresh off her MPG win for recording engineer of the year. So huge congratulations, Danny. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're very welcome. How did it feel to win and where were you when you found out? Uh, I was at the studio as 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 per usual. Of course. Um but it was it was very unexpected because it's obviously like a very different year for the awards um, and for the I mean for the whole industry, but for the MPG not having an actual uh, event on the night, it was just like a they 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 started a uh, like a gradual announcement over the course of two months. I think is I think is how long the whole thing's going to take. They're announcing like two two. Um, two awards every week so I just got a I got an email the morning of the day it got announced saying that your category was going to be announced today um but 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 that was it no other no warning of winning and then it just got announced on Instagram (laughs) um (laughs) very modern tagged yeah just like tagged in a tagged in an MPG post um but no, it was, I, it was honestly like, didn't, didn't have a clue and really was not expecting it because Dan Moyler and Richard Woodcroft, who were the other two nominees in the category, are both um, engineers that I massively admire. They're, they've both, they've both worked on some, some really amazing records in the last couple of years. Um, so I did not think I had a chance, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, it's nice. Really, really, really nice to be recognised uh, as always with the MPG stuff, it's, it feels, it feels a little bit more, um, because it's judged by like peer to peer and it's, it's not a massive community of people who are, who are, um, who are either like involved in the MPG or, or judges or whatever. It feels like you're getting acknowledgement from your friends almost. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is nice rather than like a a you know this like big corporate event who are like well done you made a very successfully commercial record or whatever it's just people it's it's feels more like people that you know saying like congratulations on your work we think it's really great Mm, yeah that's really Um, great to hear lovely to get that peer recommendation like you say yeah yeah exactly and uh, you've won before, obviously, as well. You won in 2019, wasn't it? So Breakthrough Engineer of the Year at the MPG yeah. Awards. So um, on a little bit of a winning streak there, Danny. I mean, I, there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Breakthrough Engineer and then Recording Engineer. And uh, I mean, the, I yeah, I, it's it's uh, it's a big surprise. I mean, they, they, they both were, to be honest. I was not, um, never really saw it in the like, short-term foreground of my career I guess but um but 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 yeah as I say it's just it's a uh, it's really nice recognition I, uh, I really appreciate it yeah of course and uh, of course it's been a very difficult year for everyone and the music industry and all of that so nice this year to get a little bit of positive news I suppose after what yeah, must have exactly. been a bit of a challenging year I'm guessing which well I mean it's been it's just been different it's been like very <laughs> I was going to say it is it is funny with the MPG because the stuff that you get nominated for or like when you when you end up on the shortlist and you have to submit stuff to the judges the year that they're looking at is like 
almost an entire year ago. So all the stuff that that the three records that I ended up putting forward were all were all things that came out in 2020. They all came out at like the very start of lockdown, and but I'd worked on them like two and a half years ago. Um, so it feels like it is a really nice bit bit of recognition and like you know a pat on the back in in a tough year but also it's it's not stuff that I worked on this year so it's like oh I see it's, um it's it feels like a reminder of some really great records and it's like yeah like it's it's uh it's it's just funny it's just like the time frame um that the awards happen versus when the records come out versus when you worked on them it's like feels some of those records feel like a really long time ago now. Mm. Um, but regardless, regardless, it's nice. Yeah, delayed recognition, still good. <laughs> yeah, still good. <laughs> we'll still take it. Yeah. What were the projects that you were talking about that this um, win was based on, if you know the answer to that? It line? was, it was, it was, I don't know what was initially, don't know what was initially put put forward on, on my behalf for the long list, but then when I got uh, shortlisted, uh, I had to put forward three records or three or three songs, three pieces of work. Uh, and I submitted a track from uh, a record called On the Other Side, which is by Blanco White that I engineered uh, a couple of years ago. And then the, not the title track, but another track off um, Milena Zavala's last record uh, that we made at Urchin Studios in London. Um, again, like, two and a half years ago I think it was the end of 2019 okay I, th- I think I'll, I'll no. take your word for it oh who knows <laughs> um and then another another track that I did with a band called Palace um that was on a little EP they did called called, called the Hoxha Sessions um so yeah a little bit of a variety mm-hmm tried to be as varied as pos um but yeah it was those three okay nice nice mix there as well different um different types of music keep it mixed up like you said does that always keep it more interesting for you yeah yeah definitely I mean it's for a long time I was just the the in-house at a studio called Hoxha um up in northwest London and so I was sort of just working on like whatever came through the door um and actually Blanco White's record came to me through Hoxer because um, I was the in-house and I ended up working on, I did a one day session um, with him and his band and a producer called Leo Abrahams, just doing like a, a day of like setup and engineering for them. And and then our, based, based on that one day, we ended up doing the record together. Um, and then based on that record, that's how I ended up working on Malena's record because they are partners um so everything though like a very hoxa as a studio gave me a lot of really really varied work uh for a long time which now has massively paid off in terms of like knowing a lot of people in different circles and like you know being able to to kind of like jump in and out of different genres and different people and different labels and blah blah, blah. um so i kind of had that i feel like i've had that v- varied studio foundation for quite a while which has been super helpful 
um, in terms of like staying busy and, and, and also just like keeping up with, with what's happening. I feel like if you're stuck in one little certain world, you kind of miss out on, on you're, you're just, you're just like unaware of what's happening in other circles, but um, being able to float around different studios, float around with different artists, this kind of keeps you, keeps you a little bit more like on the ball. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And was um, Hoxa the first studio you worked in when you first got into that world or was it a different one before that? No, Hoxa was my se- mm, second, or, second or third, like like f- kind of full-time job, um, sort of. I, I, I started at a studio called Assault and Battery, oh, uh, that's which, right, is yeah. over, which is over in Wilston uh, with Flood and Alan Mulder, mm-hmm. producer, producer duo. Um, yeah, I, start, I started with them in 2015 uh, after like, a very brief work week, week of work experience in 2013 but that doesn't really count <laughs> and um and then yeah stayed at battery for about a year and a half um and kind of like did teeny little bits at other studios in between but um that was my that was kind of my my stomping ground for the first couple of years and then moved to Hoxha from there okay cool route in and what mentors as well I've seen as well that you were asked to assist on a week-long session at Assault and Battery and ended up staying for 18 months? Pretty much, yeah. So I did, like, I did my first week of work experience there with Flood um, in, yeah, like, end of 2013 uh, while I was still at school. But then kind of, like, stayed in touch with everyone who was there and went back for uh, a week with Alan and then a week with producer called Catherine Marks um who was also based there well actually is 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 still based there um so I kind of like had these little windows into the ways that different producers worked and to and to working in different rooms within the building um and then when I finished school I worked in a couple of other studios briefly worked in like a little a little place in New York um for three or four months and then came back to London and kind of by chance, one of the engineers at Battery um, had sent me a message saying that they needed an assistant for a session that was going to happen there. And I, it was, I think it was pretty much the week that I'd got back from from New York. So it was just like really good timing. Um, and I ended up doing that session and then I became a pretty much full-time assistant there. Um, it was kind of like a perfect, perfect little... little window of one of the engineers from them moving on and them not really having enough enough um pairs of hands on deck so it was just uh I got lucky got very lucky with timing mm, but still you've worked really hard and got to where you are now so that's brilliant um I've, I've seen as well so Flood always said um how key it was to have a woman in a session because he thought it changed the dynamic so that's interesting isn't he has it? What, said that has he what did you what do you make of that is there any truth to it do you think I think it I think it's definitely true that the dynamic changes, whether it's always a good thing or not, is, is, is a, is a separate, is a, is a, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, it's a separate conversation, but I do think it's important to have not to have like a, someone who has a completely different perspective to say if like, if, if the band and the producer and the engineer are all like from 
similar backgrounds and have like a very diff a, a very a very similar like way of looking at things and listening to things and blah blah having having anyone not necessarily a woman but someone from a different background uh or perspective is really important i think you get it's it's if you're like surrounded by similar people you can it's really easy to just sort of get lost in the record together which can sometimes be a good thing but i but i am um, i think yeah like flood flood always said to me that having a a woman around especially on like a on a male dominated record uh just sort of like ever so slightly made people behave differently and not even that it would make them think about it they just sort of it, there would be less of this sort of like uh like male Humor? like banter <laughs> yeah. if you know what I mean and it's and that is a hundred percent true like I I've seen that happen a million times of like if I'm if I like walk into a session and you like interrupt the boys having like some stupid joke or whatever um and it's it's I don't think it's a I don't think it's ever a bad thing but it doesn't necessarily like add a really important layer to things I think it's just mm -hmm. it is quite interesting to see how people react to having to having someone different in the studio mm, yeah just shifts that dynamic just that little bit yeah. um not necessarily yeah. in a bad way like you say uh they may not even be aware you know that they're doing anything different but um I've spoken to uh, a yeah I yeah go on I think usually it, it it it's probably just a subconscious thing it's just like mm. an ever so slight shift of of the way that people think about things and like they might think before they say something in front of someone that they don't know as well or in front of someone who you know might not might not have their exact same sense of humor or whatever just like it it's uh it, yeah it just ever so slightly shifts the shifts the dynamic yeah and um obviously we know and everyone knows that women in audio the stats are quite low that's a whole other podcast discussion of course but um yeah, yeah, yeah. i know you're in this great community of women working in audio so um how do you support each other and how do you think more women can see this as a viable career option for them um in terms of you know what are the barriers is it just awareness I mean what do you think what do you think's going on I think awareness is is the biggest barrier because I think that now that even in the last five six years since I've got into the industry like the 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 presence of female engineers and producers and mixers is is so much more visible than it than it than it was when I started like I kind of I mean not I, I didn't really come into the industry from I had zero studio background when like the first um before the first week that I that I spent in battery like I had really had no idea what was going on didn't know who any of these people were could maybe name like five producers mm. uh but like ha didn't even really cross my mind that there weren't that 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 there weren't any women doing it. Um, but then it kind of became apparent. And as I started speaking to Catherine at Battery and like Flood about his about his theory of having women in the studio and all that kind of stuff, um, it it became very apparent that there weren't very many, or at least like very many successful female producers and engineers. Um, and now not only is there like a massive community of them who are very much, at least like definitely in London, there's a massive community of them who are very in touch with everyone. And, 
everyone sort of knows each other and and we like share work between us and and it's um if there's a session that someone can't do you try and pass it off to someone else and blah blah and there's, there's a lot of like uh i i get plenty of requests from people wanting to work on 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 a record with a with a team of like entirely female engineers and mixers uh and musicians and they ask me for like a recommendation of a female female mastering engineer or a female mm. mixer or whatever um so it's it's i think a big part of the not challenge but a big part of the um of the way to like make young women aware that there are a lot of us is doing stuff like podcasts and press and interviews and blah 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 and like just the awareness letting people know that we are here and there are not there are not nearly as many of us as there are men but there are a lot of us and we are almost being favored at the moment whether that whether that is a you know a, it, it's 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 like ever so slightly a double-edged sword because um, I think you as a as a woman in the industry at the moment you will probably end up being asked to work on some records because you're like solely because you're a woman uh, or you'll be asked to do an interview solely because you're a woman because people want to hear about what it's like being being a being a female engineer um, and as much as you want the work and the press and the interviews to come because of your work and nothing else there definitely has to be this sort of imbalance um as women are favored over male engineers until it sort of equals out and i think it's 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 a little bit tough sometimes as a female engineer to see past the facts that you're like well it's annoying because i'm only being asked to do this because i'm a woman uh, like I, you know, you just want people to recognise you because of your work. Um, but I think it is important for us to take these opportunities because then for the generations that that are, are going to come after us, or not, not, not even the generations, but people who are like five to ten years younger than me, um, who are looking at the industry and thinking like, is this viable? Like I, don't, I really don't want to go into an industry where I'm where I'm such where I'm such a massive minority. Mm. Um, I think them seeing that we all exist is 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 half the battle um, of them just feeling like it is possible. Mm. If you end up in this industry, you're not going to be by yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it can only get better, like you say, with more exposure. I mean, I've spoken to quite a few female producers, engineers, mixers. That some of them have said it seems like maybe there are more women working in these fields than perhaps there actually are because they're used almost as a poster girl for look women can do this yeah. too so it seems a bit more like there's more women in the mix but really they're just used almost as a not a gimmick that's a terrible way to say it but you know what I mean but no 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 yeah. yeah totally yeah it's very true and I think it's as I said it's like double-edged sword a little bit but I think it is it de- it, it definitely can't be a bad thing mm step in the it's right direction where um, whatever it yeah. is anyway so. and it and it might and it might be a step too far but it but until it until it gets to until the until the playing field sort of levels out a little bit more I think it has to be this kind of imbalance of like we're going to do 10 interviews and we're going to make seven of them women and three of them men versus and then like in five years time when 
when people coming into the industry is 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 more balanced it'll go back to you know we're gonna we're gonna give five of these jobs to women and five of these to men uh and it's going to be like a completely equal playing field but it's 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 got a it's got to swing too far the other way before it <laughs> before it comes back round. I think. Yeah, we've got to get there first, but it's uh, it's on the way, hopefully. So yeah, yeah, let's just keep it going. Is definitely. Yeah. Um. And you're just back from LA, pretty much. Was it today? Uh, not I am. Today, yesterday or yesterday. something. Yesterday. Right. Yesterday so as a last minute trip, was it a work trip? Very last minute trip. Booked my flight on Thursday last week. Flew out on Friday. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. Very last minute. And it's kind of the only way you can do things in the COVID era, <laughs> just like really last minute. Otherwise, you'll book something three months in advance. And then by the time it comes around, you'll be like, well, we're, we're back in lockdown and uh, everything's been moved. Everything's been cancelled. Blah, mm. blah, blah. So I think it's you, you've just got to like play it by ear. Yeah, you certainly can't plan um, ahead. Like you say, you could book a flight for six months time and then it'll be on the the no-go list so uh, exactly yeah, you exactly. have to go when you can so last minute project then anything you can share it's okay not not? <laughs> not not a last minute project it's something that's been in, in the diary for a while but um a producer mixer that I do a lot of work with called Craig Sylvie um was has been working with this artist um who lives out there and I wasn't going to go um because I had a session I was working on a session at Hoxha um last week last week yeah yeah last week until Thursday um I was doing like a, a week, week and a half long session of engineering a record for this artist called um Nadine Curry which was great was working with a producer called John Parrish um who's actually a very long-term friend fr- friend of flood so everything very much comes full circle mm-hmm, <laughs> um yeah. uh so I did that Craig went to LA I wasn't going to go with him because it because it because it really overlapped with with this other session that I had, and then he got out there and it was like day three, and he he was sort of like we, we could really do with you um, for the second half of the session if if you can come. Um, so just booked a flight and and flew out, did a week working in a studio called East West, um, which is like where black where um, Brian Wilson recorded Pet Sounds. It's where Frank Sinatra sang My Way. Oh, wow. Um, it's like re- studio, for, like really, really kind of classic LA, like 70s studio. Um, some some super amazing history. But now I'm back. Uh, the record is nowhere near done. <laughs> but um, we shall see. And how's the jet lag? It's, it's, it's so far so good. Okay. Uh, I, I tried to stay awake for as long for as long as possible yesterday, and uh, and I've got and I've got a weekend off um, in quarantine. Oh, so all all good. <laughs> good. Well, that should help you catch up with the weekend, I suppose. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. And you mentioned um, briefly earlier, so uh, Blanco White's album and um, Melina Zavala. So one of those. Oh, sorry, I can't remember which one it was. You did a live version in Abbey Road yes. in Studio Two. Who was that for? Out of those two, that was Melina's. Oh, Melina's. And I know you're a big yeah. Beatles fan. So what was it like to huge work in there? Be- How did you know that? Yeah, I don't know yeah, where huge, I've seen huge. that. I must have seen it on your Instagram or something. It's research, yeah, Danny. Huge. Not stalking. It's research. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, huge, huge Beatles fan. They are they are my um my one and only if I had to have one. Mm, of course. Uh yes, it was it was one of the one of my favourite days. One of my favourite days ever. It was so much fun. 
Um, I don't think I'd ever been there before. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't actually. I don't think I'd ever been there before for anything. Like not even not even to pop in and see someone mastering like everyone <laughs> like everyone does. Yeah. But um, we yeah we were working in studio two, uh, which is obviously like kind of kind of the Beatles room. Um, and I mean it was a, it was a similar feeling to working at East West last week. Like it was a it was you'd kind of just walk in the room and you're like so like so many of your favorite and most famous records have been recorded here. Uh, like it almost feels like uh, there it sounds really lame and I'm totally not a believer in like in like uh, <laughs> like anything even vaguely spiritual but but it de- but, but but when you go in those studios it does feel like there is like a certain vibe um, and yeah studio two is just it's, it's it's also one of those rooms that you just really have to put in zero effort to make things sound good mm-hmm you literally just throw up the instruments, throw up the mics and, and you're like 90% of the way there. Mm. Um, so it's just, it, it was a, it was a, it was a joy, a joy to work in. Was, yeah. yeah. Super, super fun. I can imagine. And I wonder if um, people working there ever get sort of immune to its power, its wonder. So it's nice to hear that it still has that effect. I'm sure they do. I think it's, I think it's impossible to, to stay as excited about a studio when you're working in it every single day. Um, and I'm sure people who work there have worked on, you know, some, some less enjoyable sessions, uh, <laughs> yeah. as, as everyone does at, you know, at, 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 at some stage in their career, you do, you end up on a, on a session that you don't necessarily like the music or the artist or the people or whatever. Um, and you got to just like see past it, but, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's a it's a it's a special studio oh absolutely I felt that I know what you mean I'm not spiritual or anything like that but there's something about isn't there I've only been there once for an interview but I did have a look around but I think studio two was busy so I could only peek my head around the door there is just something about it isn't there it's just like it's just exciting it's just like uh it's it's not even not even that anything in that room necessarily has any resemblance to 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 I mean it does but like it's not like, oh my God, John Lennon touched this microphone. <laughs> it's like, it's not even that. It's just like, it's just like you're in the same space that those people were when they had this creative vision. Uh, and you're like, yeah, we, like, <laughs> we were having this whole conversation with, um, with the artist that we, that we were with last week in LA about being in, we, we, we spent like five days in Studio Two at East West, which is like, the used to be the Rick Rubin room mm-hmm. um and then for our last day we moved into into, into studio three which is the is, is the Brian Wilson room and it was like it was where like um California Dreaming was done and uh, like all the mamas and the papa stuff and the birds and all this all all this like 70s LA music um and the artist was like like it's 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 insane that this is the room where like especially when you're talking about someone like Brian Wilson or, or, or the Beatles. It's exactly, it's exactly the same sort of like, um, level of creativity that is, is there's only a handful of people, every generation who sort of have that, um, that like individuality, uh, and Brian Wilson is a hundred percent one of them. 
Um, and there were like, there are all these videos of him working on Pet Sounds in that studio with, with like the Wrecking Crew and with Hal Blaine and, 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 and all these musicians. Um, and just like, but you're, you, we were watching some of these videos and just thinking like, we're in the exact same space that he was when he was having this, when he was like creating this piece of music that would like define his career and define like a certain era of, of US music. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's not, it's not like, it's not like you can, you can feel their spirit or any, or, or like that kind of stuff, but it's just, it's just, uh, you just, you know, that the room that they were in, like no doubt had a big, had a big impact on how they made that record. Mm. Uh, so it's just like, it's a piece of, it's a piece of the music, it's a piece of the history. Yeah, a piece of music history, absolutely, and enduring songs that sort of everyone knows, and even if you don't know, you know them, you kind of do, because they've just been yeah, on the exactly, radio exactly. since forever. Um, yeah, yeah, incredible. Um, and you obviously engineer and mix, so I'm just wondering, do you have a preference, yeah. or what do you do more of? I love doing both. Um, I for, the last, for most of lockdown, it's been mixing, um, which has been it's been great because obviously recording sessions have been at least for a while were sort of few and few and far between um with all the restrictions and how many people could be in the studio and blah blah but um but I love doing both I'm not I'm not I'm not I I don't want to I don't want to pinhole myself I I I, I kind of want to keep doing both of them for as long as I can um and yeah like with Craig who who I I say I probably do 75 at least percent of my work with um with him it's predominantly mixing and we just do like like the like the thing we've just done we do like a couple of productions a year um when he's asked to and we have to go somewhere else to do that because his studio in Kensal Green is pretty much just a mix room with like a little like teeny tiny recording space attached but um we've been in there for the last year just just working away but then occasionally I go back to Hoxha and do an engineering project or occasionally I get asked to to you know go go elsewhere but um yeah I I don't I don't they both have their they 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 definitely both have their merits I think one if you spend too long doing one of them then you're like dying dying to get back to the other one (laughs) like spend too long mixing by yourself and you really you just like can't wait to be in a studio with a band again and and vice versa that you do a month of tracking with someone and you're like oh my god I just need some I need some like I need some me time <laughs> of, yeah. of of not of of not having to be like uh you know like when you're mixing no one cares if you take a break every 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 hour and you just like take a sec to go have a cup of tea or whatever but if you're in the studio with a band it's like full-on and you you you're not if you're an engineer especially like producer less so but if you, if you're the engineer you're sort of like you have to be just, you just have to like on the ball it, yeah. all, all the time and you have to be ready for people to do stuff and you have to react to everyone and it's just it's a much more physically demanding role like you can do you can do a day of the same number of hours mixing or recording and I, I almost guarantee that recording is more exhausting okay. um but yeah both I'd say Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, well, it's nice to have the mix, isn't it? And you're always going to yeah. sort of pine for something you're not doing as much and you don't want to get 
stuck doing the same thing all the time so that's completely fair yeah, yeah. yeah human nature isn't exactly. it and um so on the studio side of things so obviously a lot of studios have been closed for obvious reasons over the last mm-hmm. year and obviously they're starting to come back now which is great um so you've got Genelec 8330s at your usual studio setup and a pair of 8010s at home is that right yeah so I have I have the 8010s at home which actually belong to Chris um your 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 previous podcast guest okay this is from um, the we, amazons the band the amazons for our <laughs> listeners that aren't aware this is danny's lovely yeah. other half yeah so we 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 share our little like home studio um which is literally in a boiler cupboard <laughs> yes he told me about this <laughs> but cupboard it actually but it does the job <laughs> um yeah i mean it was sort of like a lockdown invention when we we moved into our flat um and the like i i almost never work from home uh, as a because i just i don't really enjoy it like i really like the the process of like going to work and you get in a different head spice head spice you get in a different headspace just like on your journey even uh and it gives you like like i'm i'm a 15 20 minute walk away from where i usually work so i can just like have a little stroll in the morning, like think about one, what I'm going to do during the day or like listen to a podcast or whatever. You just like, you have a little bit of, of, uh, of like adjustment time after you get out of bed. Whereas if your studio's in your house, you just sort of roll out of bed. Like don't, you just stay in your PJs and go to work. And I'm not, it's just not, I don't, lo- loads of people love it. Loads of people love having, having like a live work um, kind of combo space, but yeah, not for me. I don't think I find it I find it tough to get in the right minds mindset um but having said that it was sort of necessary <laughs> in lockdown yeah of course um so yeah we 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 just have like little home set up with with my Apollo and his baby Jenny's um which works great it it's it's uh it's been a it's it's been a bit of a lifesaver actually mm. Partic- particularly for Chris but um for me as well when I've just had to sort of like jump on stuff and and either haven't been able to go to the studio because of quarantine or whatever um or just for ease yeah um, it sounds like it's helped as well given that you're sort of uh, using an unconventional space of a cupboard so it's nice to know the general X are still doing their thing in there <laughs> they are they are 100 percent. yeah we, we 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 were not we yeah I was not expecting much <laughs> when we set it up. We just thought it would kind of be like a vaguely makeshift thing that would work for Chris and the band to do like home demos and stuff. But actually it's, um, it's turned into a pretty trustworthy little, little space. Like it's, uh, they really, they translate, which is, which is, which is, uh, it's one of the, it's one of the best things about them. They sort of, I, I don't, I don't, it doesn't take me too long to like readjust to them. And if you take stuff out of, the journey world it usually it usually translates pretty easily mm, and of course that's so important when you're working from home um slash in a yeah cupboard or you know not in a desirable recording location or maybe the ideal one should I say so that's nice that they're giving you that reliable sound I guess that translates to the final mix yeah it's one of it's it's definitely one of the things that I struggle with the most uh going to other studios to to, to track or or mix or whatever like getting adjusted to the speakers um is, is, I think some people can sort of just uh, they don't find it that difficult to just 
accept the fact that it that it's different to what they usually work on and they will make do and then you know they'll just kind of figure it out and then when they get back to their own studio it it maybe maybe it sounds slightly different to what they're expecting but you know it's like it's 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 expected to be so um and I can totally do that but it's it does usually take me a couple of days to 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 adjust so having having a pair of speakers that sort of like firstly a pair of speakers that you can just put just put in your suitcase and take with you um having something that is sort of like a a a constant uh that isn't a pair of headphones is super useful Mm. and I'm taking you didn't take them to LA with you did you I did not. I did not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> East, East West kind of had us covered. Okay, good. Um, I thought they were. For, for that. <laughs> yeah, I'd Just picturing you in a hotel room doing these late night mixes or something. I, I mean, I've done that. I've done that plenty of times. Um, but, but yeah, like LA, LA, uh, I think they would have found it pretty hilarious if I'd shown up with a, t- with a teeny tiny set of speakers. Like, <laughs> what studio do you think you're in? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, uh, when yeah. did you first um, use Genlex then? Uh, first ever was actually when I got the 8030s. I don't think I'd ever, I don't think I'd, oh, mm, I'd used Baby Jenny's back in Assault and Battery where, um, Catherine had a pair, Catherine Marks. She, she, she always used them as like a little B-rig, uh, like checking station. Um, and I think she used them as like a little travel thing as well. She'd usually, if she was doing, I think, I feel like if she was doing a tracking session upstairs, she might like bring them upstairs and, 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 and have them as a, as a, as a, as a second set. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, from, from then, which was probably 2015, 16 to when I got the um, 830s, uh, that was it really. Okay, good. Well, it's glad to hear they're working for you, and that you've kind of stuck with yeah, them. Yeah, I'm definitely a, I'm definitely a, I'm definitely converted. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I know, or I don't feel like I knew that many people who were using them. Um, and then when I got the eight thirties, I was like, why isn't everyone using these? <laughs> they, <laughs> they just, yeah, like as I, as I said with the eight tens, they just they translate and they're easy. And they don't, they're never, yeah, nothing's ever shocking <laughs> when you take it away. You're just like, yeah, okay. Like it, it's, everything makes sense. Yeah. Um, but they're not, they're not, they're not like hyped. Like a lot of studios, like studios, like a lot, like a lot of speakers are. Mm. Um, that, that, like I, I, I want to have a set of speakers that make me do a little bit of work to make stuff sound good. Like I don't want to just pull stuff up and be like yeah great because then it just doesn't no it's just really unhelpful um when you like there's feel like there's certain sets of speakers that you can that even if you don't know them that well you can almost immediately tell if you like the way that something sounds or not uh which the journeys definitely have but like I've listened to I've listened to Craig and I were like trialing a load of speakers as a as a as a B set a little while ago and there were loads that we like on a first listen of something we'd be like yeah okay cool and then you'd like you'd like play through a bunch of a bunch of tracks that you knew you didn't particularly like the sound of but they didn't sound that bad and Mm. and and it's not like you want stuff to sound bad but you want there to be like a, a quite a contrast between stuff and that you know it just feels like they're 
feels like a lot of speakers help help uh, songs and they help like frequencies uh, to to translate, which you don't necessarily want. At least, like definitely on a mix on a mix front, you d- you don't you don't you don't want that to happen. Mm. When you're tracking, it's kind of helpful if you just get like a quick a quick like yeah, sounds great, and you get and, and everyone gets excited. But um, but yeah, mixing, I I feel like I wanna I wanna have to do at least a little bit of work to get stuff to to sound the way I want it to. Yeah, absolutely. The right balance of a challenge, sense. I suppose, but also knowing that they're going to do what you want and they're reliable and yeah. they sound great. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense, totally. Um, so what about, if you're allowed to say, the rest of the year, what's um, what's it looking like for you, Danny, work-wise? It's looking busy. It's looking real busy. Um, this is the first year I've had in maybe ever that has been like, I sort of know what I'm doing for, for most of the rest of the year, um, which is very unusual. It's usually sort of... Uh, week by week <laughs> if yeah. if not mate like maybe maybe a month in advance that I'm I I, I have a, a vague idea of what's going to going to be happening but um but at the moment yeah it's it's everything is piling up uh which is great but it's also it's daunting it's very like terrifying to know that I I I potentially uh I just uh, yeah I'm not very good with putting time off in the diary and I think I think that's a, a skill that I need to learn. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the balance of life Usually, and work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's not it's not like I'm bad at taking time off, but but it's but I when I'm looking at my schedule, I'm like I'm busy until the end of November, uh, and and then I'd be surprised if if I take any time off before Christmas, which is sounds ridiculous, but. Um, I mean, like weekends. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Talk, I'm not saying I'll work like every single day. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you 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 feel like you need to just put that in the diary and actually commit to to taking taking a week off at certain points. And and uh, I, yeah, I think you'll I think you'll see the see the rewards of doing that. But um, but I yeah, it's 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 mixed actually. I'm spending first half of August back at Hoxha. Um. Not, I'm not. Don't know if I'm allowed to say what it is. I That's have no enough. idea. So I, so I'll, I'll restrain. Okay. <laughs> um, it's fine. But I'm Next, next week. Yeah, like next week. Uh, we, Craig and I, are back in the studio together, working on a bunch of stuff that we've been finishing, which is a little bit of Kooks, uh, a little bit of an artist called Beirut. Okay. And uh, a little bit of another artist called. J.S. Ondara, who's a uh, Kenyan but American-based kind of bluesy singer-songwriter. Nice. Um, yeah, next week should be our sort of like wrap-up for the summer kind of kind of vibe and like finish finish a lot of stuff, do a do a do a load of recalls um, and try and get stuff off the table because uh, we've just we've just finished the Sam Fender record. Um, first single came out last last week okay nice oh what uh, a great talent he is yeah 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 great dude great great album um it's yeah it's a he was a he was a he was a super nice one to work with it was a very really really fun record to do no nice mix of um, artists there then yeah like this this year has been has been really busy but we've had at least like 
several weeks doing one project and then several weeks doing another one and it's been that it, it's kind it's sort of come in like mostly blocks so you you've like I way more enjoy when that happens to when you're working on like a couple of days on this and a couple of days on this and then a day here and there and everything's really broken up and disjointed and it's like it's exciting but it's really tiring and you don't really get to become like a work unit with the people that you're working with you mm-hmm. you just sort of like you just dip in and out and and you get back in touch with them after a couple of weeks and they send you some recall notes or whatever but um the sam record was was like three weeks three and a half weeks like start to finish um so yeah kind of like got to know everyone a little bit and and they they came down to london for it and it was nice it just felt like a felt like a real team effort Mm, um and i know that he he and his producer tom have been working on that record for a long time so i think it was a real a real like end of an era for them finishing it Mm. which is always which you always feel kind of makes it it makes makes the end of the record feel special for us because we kind of come on board uh and get these things over the line that they've been working on for like two and a half three years um, and sometimes it's really hard doing that because it means that people are really attached to certain elements of, of the early versions or the demo or whatever. And you kind of have, you come in as this fresh pair of ears and they're like, what have you done? Um, but most of the time you're just sort of like a very welcome new perspective, um, which is fun. Mm, that's good so to yeah, know. We, we did that. Uh, we did the new Idols record mm-hmm. early this year. Nice. Um and yeah it's just been like it's been busy but um it's been busy and we have some super exciting stuff coming up in like august september which i'm definitely not allowed to 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 say what it is but um okay but busy 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 and exciting and then what am i allowed to tell you i'm allowed to tell you that november i'll be doing a record at rockfield okay which is fun um uh, with an artist called Wonder Horse, who I started, we started the record. It will almost be a year to the day that we started it at Rockfield last November. Um, and then I don't think anyone was expecting the pandemic to still be going on. <laughs> so. No, what did they originally say? We're going to flatten the curve in two weeks. Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's happened so many times recently. It's like it's like, oh yeah, we're working on this again. It's been a year since we sent off the first mix. Like, welcome back. It's pick um, up where we left off. Yeah, it's so it's uh, it's so ridiculous. Uh, but but yeah, I'll be going going back to that in November, which will be fun. Um, that's one of the ones that I'm sure I'll get to the end of it and be like, someone like I need to someone needs to let me out of the studio and I need to like mix something for a week because I've I've had enough of, of like band band time. <laughs> um, but it'll be fun, no doubt. Okay, awesome. Well, it's great to hear that you've got so much work, even though it might seem a bit daunting. So please factor in at least one week off, Danny, in between now and um, yes. November, won't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I will. I will. I'll be sure to. Okay, thanks. All right, thanks so much for joining us today, Danny. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and find out what you've been up to. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah, been... Anytime. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully we'll, uh, if, if we ever do this again, it won't take 15 tries to, to schedule it. <laughs> You're a busy lady. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, maybe we can meet in person one of these days. Wouldn't that be novel? Yeah, but, oh, wouldn't that be exciting? 
yeah. a real One life day. person a yeah. real life person a real life meeting okay yeah um i'm gonna let you go then because i'm guessing you've got a thousand projects to get on with so um have a brilliant day thank you you too thanks danny bye all right speak to you soon bye headliner radio supporting the creative community